everyone and welcome into a special podcast episode of the Irish NFL show. I'm Colm Cronin and today I am delighted to be joined. Let's give you your full Irish name, <laughs> at Ashling Byrne Hansen from Channel 5 Enzel. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. It's nice to hear my full name in an Irish accent that doesn't come from my my mother. <laughs> so it's good. <laughs> People always freak out when they see my name. So that's why I go by Ash. But um, yeah, Ashling is great for today. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, I, I know that every time Saoirse Ronan goes on uh, Stephen Colbert's show, he always is, is on about her name. And I can imagine when people see it written down in the UK, I, I get why why you decide uh, to to show shorten it certainly but delighted to to kind of get the opportunity to to chat to you been on your podcast obviously seen you at the uh london games so it's good to to get the opportunity to kind of explore your nfl journey and, and hear your story and maybe ash if we start right back tell me how did you get interested in in the sport how did you come to be a fan Oh, right back. My origin story. I love this. Um, So I think like most people living in the UK and maybe Europe and stuff as well, um, I used to always just watch the Super Bowl. So like I knew I knew what the NFL was. I knew it was a sport, um, but I only really watched the Super Bowl for the halftime show. That was literally it. That was my main interest for many, many years. Um, And then about four or five years ago, so I still consider myself like a newbie in the NFL world. Um, but about four or five years ago, one of my very good friends, um, he had a bunch of his mates over at his house. They were cooking up some really good food, having some drinks, watching all the games. And they were just like, do you want to come along and watch? And I was like, OK, I didn't want to like miss out. I wanted to be, you know, part of the group, part of the crack and everything. Um, so. I did that and then I got invited back for another week and then another week and before I knew it I was just hooked on this sport I was watching I honestly I had no idea even after like three consecutive weeks what was going on the rules were just going straight over my head and there was just so much to take in um but I was so invested like I couldn't not watch um so after about like five weeks of just being part of being part of the guy group um I just said to myself I'm going to have to follow a team. I need to get invested in a team. Um, everybody else was wearing their jerseys. I felt a little bit left out. So I was like, right, okay. If I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this properly. So I've got like no affiliation with any American town, city, state. I've got no family over there. Um, so I couldn't kind of go down that road of, you know, picking a team or anything. Um, so I literally just got up on a screen, every single team's quarterback jerseys, of the like of the time then put up in a screen in front of me and I just went with my gut and chose my favorite one and it just so happened to be Aaron Rodgers number 12 a home jersey and then I did my research after that um and I honestly believe it is one of the greatest adult decisions I've ever made um I absolutely love it uh, but the history like that surrounds the Packers that surrounds Green Bay just the history of the franchise um you know I'm so happy with my pick and everything despite this little bit of a blip that we're seeing this season um but yeah so literally I just I just picked my favorite jersey and that's that got me hooked um so yeah (laughs) 
Well, that's, I mean, look, that's how it comes about for a lot of people, yeah. I think, particularly on, on this side of the world, unless, you know, you do have friends or relatives or, or maybe some people visit for, but for a lot of people, they first come across it on television and it is about like, for some reason, you fall in love with a particular team and that becomes uh, your team. And uh, I obviously you know, you are uh, heavily invested in the 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 Packers, and I am really interested in hearing about your kind of pilgrimage to to Lambo. But um, I was telling you just before um we had started re- recording that my wife's brother played uh, Division One football. Yes. Actually, played with Greg Jennings, and I said I had a Greg Jennings story, and that is that um so back. Uh, a while ago, before college athletes were allowed to be paid anything, their agents would pay for everything. So agents would try to sign you up um, and it, with the, I suppose, the proviso, they were going to pay for everything. And uh, so you, were, you weren't getting any money into your account. They essentially just paid for everything. But then you were signed with them. You got drafted. So people knew Greg Jennings was going to get, um, going to, going to be in the NFL. And in fairness to Greg Jennings, what he did was he had another friend um, who probably wasn't maybe as high profile and people didn't think he, he, he may or may not make it. And Greg Jennings said to all of the agents who wanted to sign him, I will only sign with you if you will also sign my friend and you have to, you know, to give him the same deal. Because essentially the agents are kind of laying out 70 to 100 grand up front. Um, and it, in fairness, one agent did, took the chance, signed Greg Jennings, and this is how it all uh, came up, came about. So kudos to Greg Jennings for looking after his friend. I think a lot of people would have just signed on the dotted line themselves, taken the opportunity. But no, he, he looked out for his mate. That's amazing. And what a cool story to like just be able to have in your back pocket and throw out at parties or events or something. I love that. <laughs> Well, I, I will say, you know, kudos to, to Greg for just being a, a good friend and and uh, a fantastic uh, wide receiver in, in the league. But yeah, let's go to that pilgrimage, uh, as, I, as I called it, because I call my trips to, to Mile High a pilgrimage. But oh, talk to me about your your first trip to Lambeau. Um, wow. I mean, I would have, looking back in hindsight, I'm so happy I took so many pictures and videos because it really has kind of all seem seem like a bit of a blur now like looking back like the past kind of couple of months actually have um I can't believe how quickly everything's kind of come and gone by but um but yeah really just so happy um I just I try not to get emotional (laughs) about it a lot but um but I did I wanted to go last year um but COVID and just travel restrictions just made it just super difficult so I postponed my trip um, and so this year, got the chance to go to Lambeau for Thursday night football. We did sadly lose, um, but I, I I didn't get upset over that loss just because I think the first time being at Lambeau Field, just being in Green Bay, being with the people and stuff was just so magical of a moment. Um, that kind of topped everything for me. Um, but I remember getting off the plane. So I had like a layover in Chicago. I I was mentally prepared for the cold. 
but I was very like I underestimated just how bitter the wind chill <laughs> in both Chicago and Green Bay actually was. Like I brought my ski thermals. Um, I had I was wearing um like a pair of leggings, skinny jeans, my Zubaz on top. I needed more layers. So my advice to anybody who ever goes over there in the depths of winter bring more layers than you think you need and like a billion pairs of socks. Um, and that's one bit of advice as well. If your feet and hands are warm, everything else is grand. Um, but yeah, I remember, so we got off the plane in Green Bay um, and I got picked up uh, by my friends, Corey and a couple of other people. And we were driving to an Airbnb and I just see the massive G that sat on the side of Lambeau Field. And I think like I completely lost it. I like made everybody stop the car, like roll down the window um, just to like soak in this moment of seeing Lambeau Field for the first time. Um, and I was just, I can't, it's weird to say, I like, I just felt at home. I know that sounds so cliche, um, but hopefully every other fan has kind of that same feeling when they go to their own like home stadium stuff for the first time. Um, but it was just so amazing to kind of see it in person. And Green Bay itself, like it's a working man's town. So it's not, you know, it hasn't got like skyscrapers, big buildings that you see in like New York, Chicago, LA or anything. So Lambeau Field really is kind of a st like a statue of its own almost um kind of like looming in the field coming closer um so yes that was amazing uh and then game day was just absolutely incredible because I've only had the experience of games in London and Germany for the international games but being able to go to like a tailgate for the first time soak up kind of just the atmosphere for the entire day was something so special um and it you know everybody's so welcoming and I think the minute I started speaking to like the local people and everything, they just freaked out about the fact that I'd come all the way from the UK. And they were just like, they were grabbing their friends. They're like, she's from London and like dragging me around and stuff. But everybody was so nice and welcoming. And it was just, it was so lovely to kind of meet everybody and just be a part of them um, and be a part of that, which was really nice. So um, going into the stadium then for the first time, I just, I had to have my phone out just to like capture the moment but then also kind of soak it in as well. So I, I tried to like double play it because I didn't want to see it through my phone screen. I wanted to see it with my own eyes. And there's nothing, there really was nothing quite like it. And it was started snowing as well. And I was just like, oh my God, I could die right now and I'd be happy. Um, but yeah, that was amazing. To be able to say that I've been at Lambeau on a snowy game um, it was just absolutely, absolutely incredible. I could, like It's hard to put into words, but yeah, a very magical experience. Yeah, I, I mean, I, you can hear it when you're when you're talking about it, and the the result the result ultimately won't matter because in you know even in you know six months time, it's the experience of being over there, the experience of tailgating. Yeah. That's what you look back on. You, you know, you don't really remember. Um, when I look back, I I mean, I've gone, I've paid the money to to see the Broncos see Brock Osweiler uh, <laughs> lose to the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, but it's it's the moments and the people you meet. As you said, everybody is so welcoming. Yeah. And you know, for for people who might be listening, who have been to to the the games in in London and uh, or maybe in in Munich, and I think I think it's inevitable that we see further expansion on that. 
you know, out, out, outside of the, the tailgating experience, which obviously is completely different, and I would echo what you said, I, I cannot, you know, recommend it highly enough to, to anyone who is listening, hasn't yet been, definitely make it over, people are really welcoming. Were, were there any other differences um, that you noticed, Ash, or was it kind of similar to your experiences on this side of the Atlantic? So the one thing that I think I said straight away, um, and lots of Americans didn't really get this. So I met up with a couple of friends um, over there on game day. Um, and I said, usually throughout the London games and even the Munich game as well in Germany, uh, you know, we always play like Jersey bingo. Um, you see every team being represented because for the international games, I'm not sure what it was like in Mexico, but maybe maybe a little bit similar. Um, but, you know, we're just all so excited to see a live NFL game, regardless of what team we support. We just want to be a part of the atmosphere, get to see somebody play. Hopefully it's a big name, et cetera. So the Americans always get kind of weirded out, especially when they watch it on TV that, you know, they're like, why, you know, why is every single jersey being represented? Uh, you know, is it just not a home and away team, et cetera? So that was kind of a, a big thing that I noticed straight away on game day in Green Bay. All I saw were Packer and Titans jerseys. And I said to the guys that I was with, I said, you know, so do other, you know, do other jerseys turn up? Or is that, you know, kind of a bit of a no-no? And they just said, you know, they people wouldn't be turned away or anything, uh, but you really just don't see it over there a lot uh, so that was kind of that's the only kind of big noticeable difference in that you know retrospect but otherwise the atmosphere in itself uh you know especially a place like Lambeau Field which is sold out um you know every kind of game and stuff it is packed and it you know every now and then you do kind of watch games Sunday night football and stuff and you do see like empty seats in some games and stuff but being at Lambeau just a completely packed stadium the atmosphere was kind of second to none it kind of blew every other game that I've been to kind of out of the ballpark um, and I you know it, it might have just been a Green Bay thing or a Lambeau thing, but that was, you know, it was kind of just something in the atmosphere was just electric. It was really nice. Um, so that was really good. But otherwise, um, you know, I think the international game, especially the London ones and the Germany one this year, I think they've done a pretty good job of echoing those similarities. It is literally just kind of those that tailgate experience that really kind of separates separates the two. Yeah, um, and I think probably what's interesting in the, the States, as you said, here it is the array of jerseys that you see. Uh, in the States, it is maybe some of the more obscure players that you uh, stum stumble across, guys oh, yeah. who who maybe, you know, um, played special teams uh, for two seasons and, and for some reason were some, somebody's uh, favourite player and you will see uh, those jerseys. But and I, I think the fact that it is just the kind of home and away fans for the most part is kind of what lends to the, the special atmosphere. I do think, you know, over here, um, there was the the games are really good and, and fair play to NFL UK and NFL Germany and everybody who's been involved. I mean, I think I think they do a, a really, really good job. Um, and as I said, I mean, I do think that is something that will only continue to grow. But you are you're not just a fan of, of the sport because you are working in uh, in the, the sport as well. <laughs> 
Talk to me about that. Yeah, um, that was a very happy, oh God, I don't know whether to call it an accident or not. Um, but yeah, so during the lovely lockdown, COVID lockdown that we all experienced, uh, I was furloughed, I think like 99% of everybody here in the UK. And I needed something to do with my with my time before I, you know, got heavily bored you know, and I'd done everything. I've, you know, I ordered paint for numbers from Amazon. I watched everything on Netflix under the sun, uh, you know, went out on my one hour, allotted walk a day, etc. cetera. Uh, so I just said to myself, right, what do I want to do with my life? Uh, I think we all had that conversation with ourselves, you know, am I really doing what makes me happy? What do I want to achieve, et cetera? And I said to myself, you know, I want to, I want to work in sport. That's ultimately what I want to do. I want to be a broadcaster, presenter. I want to be an it. And for years, I always said to myself, the sole sport that I would love to be involved with is rugby. Like I'm a rugby household, being brought up with it, uh, you know, spent every weekend, I think for about 10 years from when I was two years old, watching my brother play for London Irish, um, you know, going to all the training sessions, Ireland tours, uh, like you name it, I was stuck in with it. But I always said to myself, the rugby world felt a little bit saturated already. And so when NFL and American football kind of came around in about 2018, um, I thought, oh, my God, this is this is the sport. This is like something just said to me, like I just said to myself, this is it. This is what I want to be a part of. So during lockdown, I decided, right, I, I'm not going to go back down the university route, spend three, four years doing a journalism course. Why don't I go down like the social media path and just see what I can do. Hey, if I get, you know, a couple of followers, a couple of views, great. I'm just doing something I enjoy. You know, I love being creative. Uh, you know, if if I could turn back the clock and become an actress, I probably would just, I'm too dramatic for my own liking. Um, but, you know, I love kind of creating videos, coming up with ideas, um, doing fun little sketches, that sort of thing. So I thought, why don't I turn that into, you know, something that's kind of NFL based and something like this. And I thought to myself, okay, when I first started watching NFL, I thought, you know, there's so much and I would have loved it if there were like little videos teaching me kind of, you know, what a couple of the rules are, what things meant, just so that I could get stuck in with conversations with other people as well without feeling a little bit left out um, or a little bit intimidated almost. So I came up, uh, you like with a couple of ideas. So like NFL for Dummies little series um, just like little sketches that I could put on Instagram, TikTok and stuff. And it somehow kind of just took off a little bit, which I thought was really exciting. And lo and behold, my lovely friend, Chris Milner, who um, is also on Channel 5 with me, but also runs NVL. He just found my page one day, dropped me a little message, invited me down to the warehouse for a visit and kitted me out with the start of my awesome vintage collection. So I blame him for all of the money that I spend, but I love it. Um, but yeah, it was great to kind of meet him. And I think from there, it was just a bit of like a snowball domino effect. Um, and they were just, you know, looking for another co-host. And here I am, <laughs> kind of almost. So that was really nice, uh, you know, just to, and I, I always kind of think to myself, probably the right place at the right time. Like if, if I'd waited maybe another six months to start, my social media kind of journey, just making 
weird little videos. It was just like me, my ring light in my bedroom, nothing crazy, you know, no green screen. I had no idea what I was doing. It was kind of just like learn as you go kind of thing. But if I'd waited another six months, this, you know, this definitely wouldn't have happened. And these opportunities definitely wouldn't have come around. And I do have to thank Chris uh, for <laughs> for all of my NFL journey, really, to be honest. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of how I've how I stumbled into it. And fingers crossed, the only way is up almost. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, it, well, it sounds like I suppose the intent was there and then there was a little bit of serendipity and, and it all came yeah. together, which is great. And for anyone listening um, the NVL is the National Vintage League in case you're not familiar they have amazing retro stuff um, the only uh, problem is there is now customs duty in Ireland because of Brexit no. but if you if you find yourself um, over uh, in London they have an amazing warehouse definitely check it out pick your stuff uh, up there um, I can't you know the, the retro stuff is my favorite stuff and uh, I think it is for a lot of people so um, you know you can get onto the, the website and check it out and then know what you're gonna uh, you might want to pick up when you go to, to the warehouse so I suppose, Ash, um, if we move to, to this season, and you've talked about it being, you know, a, a, a little bit disappointing, obviously, from a Packers perspective, though all, all of a sudden we're seeing, you know, Watson, um, you know, come come really good over the past couple of weeks. He's been a, kind of a, as dangerous as anyone in the NFL in, in recent weeks. Um what is it that you would like to to see from the the Packers over the kind of you know, we're now into to December. I mean, we're essentially into the kind of final month. Um, what is it that you you would like to see? Do you do you think the playoffs are, are still a realistic? I mean, the Vikings pretty much have the the division wrapped up at this point, given where where they are. Um, but with the state of the rest of the NFC, can can the Packers make the playoffs? Uh, always. <laughs> I'm the most optimistic fan there ever is. But I think always the NFC is such a weird, it's, it's weird at the moment. I think the only, I mean, the Vikings, yeah, for sure. Um, the Eagles as well. Yes. But um, the rest of the NFC is just so difficult to pinpoint down there. Like, I think I saw um, an article today and the Falcons are still in are in the hunt or like in like in the hunt box and stuff. And I'm just like, if the Falcons are there, then surely the Packers are there as well. And I think even the Lions are listed in that too. So I mean, in my eyes, always, always a chance for the Packers. But um I think this season, especially for me, as a new fan still um of the sport and of my team, this has been the first kind of losing season for me. So I've I've actually quite liked that humbling side of things like brought me down a little bit of a peg or two and everything but um you know I always think to myself you've got to be a ride and die with your team you can't just be there for all the highs for the great moments you've got to be there when it's stuck like when it sucks and when it stinks um because you know I think that really shows great character and it you know it only you know gathers that main support and stuff when things are great as well so um whilst it has been a little bit unfortunate you know um I think you know, I'm not going to be hugely upset and disappointed because there's nothing I can do about it. But um, I think what would be great to see over the next kind of few weeks, and I know the Packers have got a bye week this week, which is always good. Um, but I think the main thing would be to see just the defense 
turn up the notch a little bit. Um, you know, over the past kind of like 10, 10 or so weeks, the defense, it's kind of started out looking good for like the first two, three minutes of the game. And then suddenly it's just all fallen apart, fallen to shreds. And my head is being in my hands and I'm just screaming at my TV, like, put me on. I'm just like, put me on. I can do it. I know what we need to do. Um, so I think, you know, just we need to just see better, better stuff from our defense. I don't know whether it's, you know, the players, whether it's coaching, whether it's a mixture of two, it's always a little bit difficult. And I hate kind of, you know, putting blame onto one particular person and stuff. But I think I do have to agree with the rest of the Packers, especially on Packers Twitter, because they love being opinionated. But it would be nice to see maybe a couple of little changes in and around the coaching staff, especially when it comes to defense, because our special teams was diabolical last season. We had a change and now suddenly it's not the worst part of our team at the moment. Um, so I think some stuff on defense would be nice to see. And obviously, I think for the rest of the season, I'm hoping that Aaron Rodgers still takes to the field. I think, you know, we've seen little bits of glimmers from Jordan Love, which has been nice. But Aaron Rodgers, he's my QB at the end of the day. He's been playing with a broken thumb since the Giants game in London. And, you know, I don't know how many years he's got left. I'm hoping he comes back next year. And I think I did see today as well, um, Aaron Rodgers did say he would happily come back as long as there's mutual agreement from both himself and a team that, you know, everybody wants to kind of be there and work together and stuff. So um, I think, you know, Aaron Rodgers is coming back. But I would love to see, you know, what else he can do um, till the end of the season. And that man isn't a quitter. He's going to kind of play through every single injury under the sun until he's carted off on a stretcher, I believe. Um, but I just think, you know, for the rest of the season now, play with gut. So play with that little bit of spark, a bit of energy. And, you know, even though we lost to the Bills, that's kind of the first time this season uh, that I've seen kind of, you know, the team and stuff play like they wanted to be there if that makes sense there was just something about that game I think you know they knew it was going to be difficult so they didn't go in way over their head and stuff but things just clicked during that game so it would be nice to see everybody kind of just meshing together now for the last kind of like four or five weeks see what we can do and hey if we make the playoffs it will just be like the season in 2016 I can't remember what our final um kind of like result was I think we were I think it was like eight and eight and eight or something it could have been or nine and eight something like that but we went on to win the Super Bowl that season so I'm I'm not saying it's possible but I'm saying it's not not possible <laughs> so we'll have to wait and see <laughs> it, indeed look look stranger things have happened I would say it's unlikely but I can understand as a fan um, you know, the the optimism. And I mean, look, this is the team that no matter what happens over the, the course of the rest of the season, Aaron Rodgers does now hold the record for most uh, QB victories over the Bears as a, as a Packer, which he will Beautiful. certainly enjoy. <laughs> And right now, as we are recording, the um, the Packers are the winningest, which is a, a truly, a truly American word, the winningest franchise <laughs> in NFL uh, history. And um, as just before I, um, I, I ask you kind of where people can find you, just interested if it isn't to to be the Packers in the Super Bowl, who you think might make it? And at the time of recording, 
who your MVP would would be? Would it is it Patrick Mahomes? Is it Jalen Hurts? Could you know some some people are thinking, and I don't think at the time of recording, but some people are thinking maybe if the Bengals were to win out, could Joe Burrow uh, make a late push for that MVP title? Mm. You know what? For ages, um, I thought the Bengals had a massive Super Bowl hangover. Um, yeah, I just wasn't sure whether they properly fixed their O-line, whether Joe Burrow was proper, like would have been protected as much as they wanted to. But that win over the Chiefs this Sunday, oh, they're just, they're a beautiful team to watch. And Chase, oh, him and Burrow, them as a duo, they're one of like my top favourites and stuff working together. So I think when Mixon comes back, they're definitely a team to be reckoned with, 100%. Um, but so the Super Bowl is going to be in Arizona. I've been saying this for a while. And I think the only, re- like, I would love the Bengals maybe to make another run at the Super Bowl because I kind of adopted them as my AFC team last year. But I do believe it's the Bills' season. I think it's kind of now or never for them. I love a bit of Josh Allen. I think, you know, the man's a superstar. I don't know what he's eating up in Buffalo, but it's working for him. And the Buffalo Bills, I mean, they're just great, but it is, it's got to be now or never for them because they've been knocking on that Super Bowl door for so long. And I think they've they've just got to push through now. I would love to see the Buffalo Bills there. And I have a sneaky feeling the Eagles, annoyingly, might make it to the Super Bowl as well. Unless, unless they do a Cardinals last year and for some love and God reason, just have an abysmal month moving forward. I, but I'm not sure. Jalen Hurts, I mean, he's absolutely phenomenal and nobody can seem to stop him as well. Um, but yeah, I think if we, I'm going to go with the Eagles and Bills at this year's Super Bowl. And I will also say, I'm kind of here for it because I'd love to see those fan bases clash and just tear Arizona to shreds. <laughs> Tables oh. will be broken. Like it's just going to be a mess, but it's going to be great. <laughs> well, that, that was actually my um, my pre uh, when we did our season preview show. That was that was oh. my pick. Um, and I, I, look, there's an awfully long way to go, but um, certainly two uh, two franchises who could do it. We got to see what happens with Von Miller, whether he's able to to come back. And um, I think for the Eagles, getting Jordan Davis back, you saw the the difference he made again at the the weekend. Um, Ash, it's a fantastic chatting to you. For anyone listening who wants to to find uh, more of your stuff. Where can they go about doing that? Oh my goodness, I'm everywhere. Um, <laughs> so Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, um, any any social media platform, you name it, I'm there. Um, but it's all Ash in the NFL. So super easy, all the same across all platforms. Um, and yeah, it's you know what I will say as well, it's so lovely to be kind of a part of the community that we have over here. Everybody's so nice. And the one, you know, one thing that I've said for the past few years, and I'll continue to say, is that I've never come across kind of any gatekeepers, which has been so special as a, you know, as a new fan and stuff coming into the sport. It's been absolutely lovely to see. Um, so yeah, so hopefully, you know, we can get some more people involved and keep growing it even further. <laughs> 
Well, thank you for uh, taking the time to, to chat to me today, for sharing your NFL uh, story. And look, if you make it back over to the little green island, whether that is with your, your mother or not, bring her, bring her back to the homeland and uh, maybe we'll, we'll all grab a pie together. Okay, no worries. Thank you so much. <laughs>